Recently in the news in Portland, Oregon, there was a concern about heavy metal exposure in southeast Portland, specifically arsenic levels and cadmium levels that were multiple times between 15 and 50 times higher than what the EPA recommends for exposure. But what does this mean for your health? Can metals in the air affect it? Today on Ask Dr. Gill, I want to talk about heavy metal exposure and begin to explore this as a topic over the next few podcasts, how we can test it and what we can do about it. So stay tuned. Welcome to Ask Dr. Gill. I'm Dr. Gill Winkleman. And as I mentioned in the introduction today, I wanted to talk about heavy metal toxicity. And this is a a topic that I've touched upon a bit in previous podcasts. Uh, I believe I talked about it in the podcast about elimination. And and we're going to touch a little bit on that. But if you haven't listened to that podcast, you might be interested in listening to that as well. The, the issue in Southeast Portland is really interesting, and, and I have a number of patients who came in when this hit the news. And I, I've actually known about the issue for some time uh, because I used to live in Southeast Portland, and there was a friend of mine who worked on a project. Uh, this was 20-plus years ago when I first moved to Portland. I was living in the Bay Area, and I had this friend who was doing computer consulting, and he had started this company. And the company later became scorecard.org was the name of the website. And it's changed, but if you put in scorecard.org, you can uh, actually get the data that I'm about to tell you about. And you basically would type in the zip code uh, of where you live, and you still can do this, and it will tell you what pollutants are found in that neighborhood. And it was pretty sobering. Uh, you know, I mean, here I was, I was living in the Bay Area at the time. I'd heard how much it rained in Portland and how clean it was. And I looked at this website and realized, oh, maybe it's not as clean as you think. Uh, so th- there was different types of exposures then because there was different companies at the time. There was a brass plating, uh, gr- you know, group and, and nickel was a big exposure. And Nickel is probably less toxic than cadmium and arsenic. Cadmium and arsenic have been coming up at this point because of a, a glassworks factory. And oftentimes the cadmium and arsenic, even though we know they're toxic, they're utilized to color the glass. So, you know, this is a, this is a problem. And our exposure levels can, uh, you know, lead to health issues. Now, arsenic is a little more serious in terms of the ability for it, you know, to affect the body. And, you know, you, if you've read old-time murder mysteries like Agatha Christie or something like that, arsenic is often used as a poison. And it, it's traceable, uh, you, you know, I mean, as far as discoloration of the fingernails and other issues. But if you're getting a low-level exposure of it, you can come up with some of these symptoms that don't really make sense in without that context. And once you understand 
that there's a, a heavy metal exposure, then it starts to make more sense. So I'm going to talk a little bit about sort of how these heavy metals affect the body. And I'm not going to go too much into the biochemistry, although I'll talk a little bit about that. And I will mention uh, that testing for heavy metals, because that's probably one of the things you want to talk, you know, you're interested in. I'm going to cover that in a different podcast. Uh, there really aren't great tests for it at this time. And it has to do with the way that the body holds on to the toxins. So, the, you know, there's, there's basically three ways of, uh, of elimination in this case. There's four pathways. There's, there's digestion through defecation, you know, through stool. And in effect, that's the, that's the way we want the body to eliminate heavy metals. That's the way the body likes to first. There's urination, which generally it doesn't lead, you know, um, utilize that much in there. And a lot of doctors... Uh, will do what's called a challenge test, which can be dangerous uh, if, if done incorrectly. And most of the time it's done safely at this point, but you basically put in something that's going to cause the body to let go of the heavy metals and it will go out through the urine. And it's, it, it may or may not be telling you what's going on. Um, there's, some, there's still debate about that. Uh, lungs is another way that we eliminate, but but heavy metals generally don't go out through the lungs in humans. They do in other animals, by the way, but not in humans. And the, the body also may send it out through the skin or through the hair. And hair is a way that we can look for heavy metals. Now, generally what happens if the, if the person is having symptoms, the body isn't eliminating the heavy metals. And so you're not going to see it in the blood or the urine or the stools because it's stored in the body. And depending on the metal, it's stored in different types of locations. And that's the thought process behind a challenge test is that the challenge is going to basically mobilize the body to release the heavy metals. But it doesn't always do that uh, as part of the, that challenge. So the, as far as testing goes, I think that hair testing is actually the most accurate. Not because you see heavy metals in the hair, although some, when persons are starting to eliminate the heavy metals, you do see uh, spikes in heavy metals in the hair. The real trick is there's other elements that show up in a hair test that are out of balance because of the heavy metals. And so that way you can infer that the heavy metals are there and then start treating it. And you will, if you get the hair test in the right time period, and I, I sometimes miss it because I, I wait long too long to do the heavy metals, I mean to do, redo the hair test, if you sometimes miss it, um, you, you'll see sort of the heavy metal spike in one hair test, if you don't miss it rather, and then it will come back down. So I'll talk more about hair testing in another podcast because I think it's an important piece. And then I'll talk uh, about sort of some of the treatments around this in terms of nutrient therapy, in terms of the, uh, doing IV therapy to sort of bypass a lack of absorption in certain people and so forth. So before I talk about the exposure of the heavy metals, though, I want to talk about sort of pathways of how the heavy metals get into the body, because this is sometimes confusing for patients, and they'll say, you know, we'll do uh, a, a hair test, or we'll do, you know, a, um, 
even a blood test, let's say, where we're looking at copper and zinc levels, and the copper levels are really, really high, a patient will ask me, well, how did my copper levels get this high? Um, some of the metals that show up, by the way, uh, copper, uh, iron, manganese, as, as, those are the, the three, the big three, those metals are needed by the body in small doses. And what we find is that high levels of all of them, each of them, can cause different diseases. So there's actually a research study that just came out from an Italian doctor who figured out, he, he believes that multiple sclerosis is caused by an excess of iron in the nervous tissue. And this actually makes sense uh, given some of the, 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 the symptomatology of it and so forth. Now, his treatment is a little more invasive than I would do. Uh, it, it involves surgery, but, but I think he's onto something. And, and the other thing is, is that they figured this out. They didn't figure this out from blood tests. And the problem with blood tests is that the body tries to normalize the, the toxins or the constituents as quickly as possible. And it, with iron, it, it will do that. With calcium, it will do that. With mercury, it will do that. With copper and zinc, it doesn't do that because it actually is utilizing it on a, on a regular basis. So copper levels we can measure, and, and we also will look at something called ceruloplasmin, which is a protein that binds copper. And copper can be an issue if there's too much free copper as well. So these are sort of the, the aspects of this. And then manganese is a big one because we, we believe that manganese exposure, we actually we know that manganese exposure will cause Parkinson-like symptoms. And I've had cases of Parkinson's that were really manganese exposure, treated the manganese exposure, and the Parkinson's symptoms went away. So that, that's kind of the, the aspect of, of this, that there's some metals that we want in the body in some type of form, and maybe sometimes we get really high levels, either too much of the right form, although I believe that that doesn't happen as much as we think, but more often it's too much of the wrong form. And so it can actually, the body will behave as if there's a heavy metal toxicity and the nutrient deficiency at the same time. So copper is a perfect example of that, um, where you, you basically get, copper can take different forms some of them are utilized by the body. I have patients that will show up with symptoms of both. And it's, it's because the wrong form gets in and basically blocks the right form from being able to uh, attach at the receptor sites in, in there. So that's kind of what happens uh, with, the, with the copper and, and um, manganese and iron. Now, zinc is, and calcium are a little different. Those are also both utilized by the body. Um, but we don't get the wrong forms that I, at least we're not aware of it in the body at, at this time. What does happen, though, is that's where the heavy metals can become an issue. So in the second part of the show, I'm going to talk about that. And uh, let's take a break, and then we'll jump into how the body uh, is affected by these some of these heavy metals. So stay tuned.
Okay, welcome back. I'm Dr. Gil Winkleman, and this is Ask Dr. Gil. If you have questions, by the way, you can send me an email at, to info, I-N-F-O, at askdrgil.com, A-S-K-D-R-G-I-L.com. So I wanted to talk about the effects of some of the heavy metals, and I, I don't know if I have time to go through all of them today, but I, I wanted to start with cadmium and arsenic just because of the exposures in Portland, in southeast Portland. And by the way, the, the according to the Portland Mercury, there's an article in February of this year, uh, they were saying that the uh, monthly average of the cadmium uh, exposure was 49 times what is considered safe. Uh, and as far as arsenic, it was 159 times. So I know, you know, probably if you live in that neighborhood, the question is, is what am I looking for? How do I know if I was exposed? Now, the first thing to know is that the problem is being addressed. So, so I, I do, you know, I don't want to alarm people when I say this. My goal here is to help people uh, understand what the risk is and and what to do about it. So, so, so the the, the problem is being addressed. Uh, the factory is the Bullseye uh, Glass Factory. They're on this 3700th block of Southeast 21st. So you, you know, if you know Portland, then you know kind of how close you are to it. And, and clearly, if you're closer to that location, there's going to be a higher level of exposure. But just because you're exposed doesn't mean that there's a problem. And that's what I talked about a bit in the uh, podcast on elimination. And I'll, and I'll talk about that as well going forward. I mean, the the aspect of of exposure there's exposure and then there's toxicity and and so the question you know a lot of what i do as a naturopathic doctor is to help the body be more efficient at elimination and and the heavy metals is one of the things that we want to eliminate and so the the ability to um, eliminate toxins is what protects us from the exposure. And cadmium and arsenic are things that the body more effectively can eliminate. Now, the problem happens is that um, if you don't have a proper diet, you're not getting the right proper nutrients. And over time, that can affect your ability to respond to this insult, right? And, and a perfect example, people with a zinc deficiency aren't able to produce a metal, a, 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 you know, a molecule in the body that collects heavy metals called metallothionine. And so this is why, and I'm gonna talk about zinc in another podcast because it, it, it probably deserves its own show. But without the metallothionine, your body doesn't have an, a mechanism to easily remove these metals, these toxins. So, so that's one of the things that I think is really, really important to recognize about zinc. And, 
And so I, I generally test most of my patients for zinc and other symptoms will show up as an effect of this. Now, the, the reason I'm bringing up zinc is that zinc is displaced by cadmium. Um, and, and so it can affect the, uh, the ability of cells to basically move uh, things into and out of itself and actually create its energy mechanism. So cadmium can cadmium exposure can lead to fatigue uh, as, as a result of that because your cells aren't breathing properly uh, and, and so they don't get enough energy. Now, a part of that too is, is that zinc basically touches every system in the body. So with the cadmium exposure over a long term, you can see kidney disease, you can see neurological damage, you can see arteriosclerosis, um, you can actually see birth defects in, in if someone's pregnant and expo has an exposure. Um, so, and it can, it can also affect the ability of the metallothionine, which uses, utilizes zinc, to effectively collect the other heavy metals. So sometimes a cadmium exposure can lead to other problems going down the line. And it can also lead to, you can also see it in terms of a zinc and copper deficiency. So some patients who have both of those low, when I test them, that's, I'm going to look for the cadmium deficiency. So, so I mentioned the renal effects. Cadmium can affect the kidneys, uh, and you know it, it can throw all kinds of um, problems that will show up uh, on a urinalysis. But it can also lead to uh, diabetes, metabolic disorders, and, and uh, high blood pressure. So the the other thing about uh, cadmium is that it can be uh, a carcinogen. So it can actually be a, a, a factor in some cancers. And I don't want to go too much into that, but just be aware of that as well. Um, uh, cadmium, when it's elevated, really can affect and damage any part of the body. It can affect the nervous system. Uh, it can affect calcium metabolism. And, and, and as part of that, it affects the nerve system. And as part of that, it also affects the musculoskeletal system. So you can see people showing up with osteoporosis or arthritic conditions sooner than you might otherwise. Uh, it can affect, I mentioned cardiovascular disease. Uh, there's sometimes some impaired digestions, although I don't really think about it in those terms. You're usually going to see something else. Um, it can lead to growth impairment and a failure to thrive syndrome if it's specifically if it's really high. And, and, you know, from my point of view, in terms of my um, practice, because I work with a lot of mental and psychological issues, definitely see that happening with hyperactivity or learning disabilities. And, and it's probably because there's a zinc deficiency that's, that's affecting the body. So cadmium is a really, really, you know, important aspect of all of this. So the, the other one that we saw is arsenic. Now, arsenic poisoning is a little more serious. So arsenic has can be very, very toxic, and it can lead to a slow death with, you know, a, sort of a prolonged exposure, and, and you'll also see people showing up 
with all kinds of symptoms. But with a high exposure, you can see um, diarrhea and you know skin lesions and liver dysfunction, hair loss, a constant sore throat, headache, kidney damage. They might turn yellow, abdominal pain, and so forth. And it it can uh, you know really obviously be deadly, but. I believe that we see sort of this vague association of symptoms that can show up as a result of arsenic exposure. It's these vague aches and pains, it's weakness, it's dizziness, it's this, you know, fatigue, you know, not feeling quite right. Sometimes people will have anemia as well. And and that I think we see with sort of a a mild exposure to arsenic, which is probably more likely unless you're ingesting, you know, tons of it. And that's the piece that, you know, that's when people come in. Because if you have a pretty serious exposure, you're vomiting, you're having diarrhea, you're going to, you know, see your general practitioner or the emergency room because it's pretty serious. Uh, and, and then it will be treated sort of with a, with a direct agent and an antidote. But... But it's this vague sort of symptoms that show up and you don't even think about the heavy metal exposure because, I mean, you can't see it. Obviously, we're not using it in our households anymore. So so that's the piece about arsenic exposure. And I think it's important. I'm kind of running out of time here, but I think it's important to recognize that maybe those symptoms that you're having that, you know, you've been trying to treat or you just take a ibuprofen for or a Tums or whatever it is, maybe that there's something else going on. And I would really encourage you, if you live anywhere near that neighborhood, or if you go to scorecard.org and see that there's high exposures in your in your area of heavy metals, to get it checked out. Find out more about it and you know, send me questions if you want. There's definitely ways that can it can be tested and treated. And uh, again, my email is info at askdrgill.com. You can check out my website too. I'm, I'm starting to add more articles about this. So look for them on the website, askdrgill.com, A-S-K-D-R-G-I-L.com. Thanks again for joining me. I look forward to hearing any questions that you may have, and we'll talk more about this topic next time. Take care and have a great week.